Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're coming to you live from a couple places on the internet. We're live on Crowdcast, YouTube, Facebook. Maybe you're listening to the podcast later. Wherever you get your fine podcasts, it is all good. And we have a great show for you tonight with two sick boys and a well boy. That's the the main thing. (laughs) Uh, Pete. Surprisingly, the healthiest of the three of us. This it's year. always been that way. <laughs> He's the stallion of oh, this group, man. and always has been. Oh, about all free. that. But uh, I'm sorry you guys aren't feeling well, and I hope you're. I'm actually feeling soon. fine. I'm feeling good enough you're to good? drink a beer, so I'll tell you that. Ah, much. there we go. Oh. All right, I'm sticking with water tonight. But I, I thought I it was one of those gonna... liquid death waters you had. Liquid death. No, it's just regular liquid death, aka oh, okay. a beer. Oh, no, great. this is a dry hopped Zweigel. Zweigels? Uh, we you got a white hot? Yeah. What? Uh, all right. I think we've lost the track <laughs> already. I, that's why I prefaced it with two of us are sick. But we are sick with anticipation of our guest tonight. He is one of our absolute favorite players. Yeah. And we're going to bring him in right now to talk about his new books that are coming out and going to come out. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Cantillo. Matt, how How's are you? Hey. Welcome. <laughs> Am I drinking the wrong thing? I'm drinking coffee tonight. I thought, uh, coffee hey, tonight. What do you, do? What do you got planned? We'll see. <laughs> coffee makes me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt, welcome back. So good to see you. So excited to talk about these books. Uh, you got some great stuff that just came out and is coming out, as we mentioned. Let's talk about the first thing first Spy Superb just came out from Dark Horse Comics from your Flux, Flux House. Is that the mm-hmm. name of the imprint? Yeah. 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 Uh, it is awesome. We loved it. Yeah. Uh, there was one thing I wanted to ask you up front, and I saw this in an interview, or maybe I think it was on Twitter you were talking about it, where a lot of people were like, oh my God, including us, this book is so funny. And you were like, this isn't a comedy. It's what not supposed to be funny. of our spy organizations and the way we <laughs> conduct our business as human beings in modern culture. 
<laughs> well, talk about that a little bit because clearly it has hit in a humorous way for people. So how how are you crafting a book and why do you think there's this divide between what you were perhaps intending and how people are taking it? <laughs> I'm, I, I'm probably, I'm like half kidding when it comes to, like I didn't uh, try to make it funny. Uh, okay. But I feel like if you try to make, if I try to make something funny, it just kind of falls flat. But I felt like if I just approach this as uh, deadly serious, but I have a character in there that's so absurd, um, and I keep that character uh, real and true to himself, um, he he kind of made it funny. And it sort of made it fun to write because I'm writing a character who's egotistical and narcissistic and is no uh, concept of who he really is. You know, and so writing a character like that, it's just, it's kind of funny. <laughs> that character is funny. Um, well, and I, I feel like yeah. the time you dedicate to showing what a jerk he is just eventually, <laughs> like, leads to comedy. Because I feel like another version of this book would be like, yeah, this guy's a goof. And you just show him doing one dumb thing and then the premise is off. But you truly take the time to be like, no, no, he's a re real dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, uh. And then everything's real around him. And, and yeah. he's here's the thing is like that character is based on a bunch of different things. People I've known over my life, um, even ashamedly parts of me, like my worst parts. You know? mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. yeah, I'll throw that in there. That's uh, <laughs> that's my worst self. And uh, but I, I think that's what makes that that guy resonate is like, you know, somebody uh, you've met somebody like that or you worked with somebody like that or somebody your friends with somebody like that, you know, yeah. and, well, uh, the scene in the, it's a coffee shop, right? I yeah, could yeah. feel you slash me slash everyone sitting there seeing that happen and being like, Oh my God, I can't believe this guy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, so. I know. Right. Yeah. Just go to a coffee shop and overhear a conversation, you know, like somebody's having that, that just happened to me a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I was, I was out and I'm working and this guy and you'll watch, You'll watch two people sitting together, right? It was these two guys. Specifically, this really happened literally like two weeks ago. Um, and I was, saying, I was I go out to work with Brian Hurt. We'll go once a week to work at a coffee shop. And I'll sit and write. And I'm, we're listening to this guy. And he literally for like over an hour, he's just talking to this <sighs> other, his friend. And he's going on and on. And he's like, he's riffing and he's doing. And I, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is, <laughs> how do you, how do you be the other person? You know, at the table, you know, like, how do you, how can you stand that for more than one uh, afternoon? Anyway, it was, and you find yourself just writing down what he's saying suddenly yeah. and being like, I don't know what this is, but it's valuable. You do. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's uh, just laying there, right. It'd be picked up and put into a character, but uh, I had uh, so much fun and writing like his, his little sayings and things he does like the, he, it was fun to go through. I literally just went through like books of, famous quotations and different things. And then I was like, well, what would, what would a uh, narcissistic uh, idiot, <laughs> how, would he, <laughs> how would he misquote these quotes, you know? And so I sort of went through the, and uh, made a bunch of, I have like a, a Word document that's just like pages of his sayings, you know? Oh, wow. It's kind of fun yeah. to just go through and write that stuff. <laughs> Uh, that's and good. just to really quickly uh, to set in the idea of the book for anybody who hasn't picked it up yet, it's essentially, and tell me if I'm diminishing it too much, but it's essentially a what if James Bond died on his first mission and then he became this title that was passed to various people throughout history to make the idea more powerful. Ultimately, whether through accident or purpose, 
as we're talking about in this book, basically the world's worst person ends up with this title. Does that seem like kind of a fair estimation? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, here's the thing. I don't know if he's the worst person. I think he's just he's just, uh, he's just very annoying. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> like he, he's not a villain, right? There's villains. And he's not a villain, but he um, and that scene you're showing is actually uh, a retelling of a chapter in Super Spy, an older book mm-hmm. I did. And in mm-hmm. that book, it's it's fifty two short stories about different spies, and every one of them is sort of like a like a downer of a story. Somebody that's lonely and they're a spy, <laughs> or somebody that's got their husband died and they're a spy, or they, you know what I mean? It's just these different vignette vignettes of uh, different spies. There's one chapter in there though that's about the super spy, because I was writing this book called Super Spy. I was like, well, we need a there's no super spy in here, so I did one <laughs> about this guy who has all the best gadget. He's super fit. He's good looking, whatever ladies like him. And then, uh, yeah, his first mission, you can see what, ha- what happened. And that was, a that was actually one of the chapters in that book. Um, and it, it was, it's the only funny part of the book. <laughs> yeah, were and, you uh, wronged by a spy or an intelligence agency? <laughs> no, I feel like you have an ax to grind. here. Oh my gosh. No, I, here's the thing is if I was ever tasked with being some kind of spy or whatever, I would be the worst <laughs> spy. Mm. I was like, I don't notice anything. I'm oblivious. <laughs> like I, I'm in my own head. Uh, so there are parts of this character who I, Definitely not not the bad parts. He's I'm not the bad parts, but I'm the oblivious parts maybe because I'm mm. you know what I mean. I'm just t- thinking about other stuff. <laughs> this to me <laughs> almost feels like, and this isn't exactly right, but this almost feels like the opposite of mind management in a way where they're both spy books or essentially spy books, but mind management is trippy. You're not sure what's going on. It gets deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole the further you go. And here, this is sort of the opposite. We're presented with this very broad premise. We get a very broad main character. Um, Was that a specific effort on your part to take what you were doing at mind management bootleg and then totally try something entirely different? Yeah, I do. I think I just get tired of it. I feel like if I'm repeating myself, uh, that's bad you know that's a mistake i don't want to keep repeating myself and so um mind management it was hard not to repeat parts of that all the time because i sort of dumped everything i've ever liked or thought about into that book so not repeating parts of that has been hard um also like last couple of years has been kind of hard (laughs) i didn't feel like (laughs) doing like a mind-bending thing where uh it's kind of dark and you know it's i I wanted to do something was um more at least fun for me to write, you know, and this is a little more fun for me to write. I, I remember drawing issue one, there's a scene where he's just talking to his friend in that coffee shop. And it's just like a very long dialogue driven scene. And I'm drawing it. And I'm like, I was like, this is the longest scene I've drawn of two characters just talking in probably my whole career. And then oh, wow. I started to worry about it. I was like, Oh, is this, <laughs> is this interesting? You know, I don't know if this is interesting to people and I don't know how long you can push a scene like that. Like I've read comics like that. I don't mind those. Uh, but I was worried that the pacing would be different. It was much different than anything I'd done before. Um, so I was a little worried about it, but I, I figured out ways around some of that. I have like, there's the, the waitress in the background, what's going on with her. So I figured out a way to make the scene visually interesting, uh, while other stuff is happening. You just kind of figure that out. But, um, yeah, it was just fun to write. To me, it was fun to write a character driven story that was really just about this one person, you know, and then the stuff around him. It was 
I don't know. It was just I had a good time doing it. Well, it's, to me, it feels like that that comes across the good time uh, you're having, and th- that makes the comedy pop more. And then when we finally get the action sequence, it sort of all comes together, the action and the comedy uh, <laughs> uh, sort of align in a really nice way. And I feel like now, going forward, you can just do a lot of that. You don't, you did your homework up top, and now you can just yeah. party. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's, the issue one of anything has to do all the heavy lifting, right? You have to introduce all the characters, introduce the premise. There has to do so much stuff. So issue ones are always the hardest. But then once you get that going, yeah, issue two, there's a fight on a train. There's a, there's like these uh, cable cars over a rainforest. That there's, ah, a big, the there's a big scene there. Like there's all kinds of crazy like uh, kind of set pieces, but they're like sort of grounded they they all end terribly <laughs> kind of set pieces and uh yeah it was fun to to set up and then sort of like go wild with it i look forward to when you get to your moonraker uh issue <laughs> uh we we've really been uh loving your books they're so creative so unique also one of the nice things is the art really brings you into this world that you help create are there certain things about artists that you look for that kind of fit really well with your writing or is there stuff that you're kind of like looking for when you want to pair up with somebody for a project well, or uh, when you're pairing up with yourself, yeah, yeah, yeah. you do the art as well. But, my best, you know. yeah, yeah, my best uh, uh, collaborator is myself. <laughs> it's like does everything I tell him to do. Never complains. Well, he always complains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, no, it, it's for this one. Whenever I'm writing, whenever I'm drawing for myself, it's just easier. I don't have to write full scripts. You know, a lot of it's okay. just like um, I know what's going to happen, or I'm seeing the scenes, and then. Um, the collaboration on this one was with my wife, Charlene, who did all the painting, all the watercolor. Um, oh, nice. So that's, to me, that's fun because I hate water, I hate painting and I hate doing the color. Like that's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's just a lot, you know, doing, it's doing everything and then, then, oh, you're not done. Now I'll go through every page and paint them. <laughs> it's like, it's nice to not have to do that. But then also it's fun to have her to sort of bounce off of with like story and how do we tell the story with color and, and then also just with character too and, and uh like hey do do you think this is funny it's really hard to write yeah. something where i was like i can't tell if this is landing or do you, does that make sense oh, you know yeah. what's happening so it was having her to bounce that off of um was helpful and then also she would go through i would pencil a whole issue and then i just have her go through and circle everything that needs redrawing so she oh, started wow. be, being my art yeah. editor which is oh that's great oh, it's horrible. <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing worse than having having a face circle and says redraw. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, yeah, but what what part of it? All of it. <laughs> wow, bird. No, no, she's, bird. no, she. I asked for it, though, and you can't uh, because it's hard to get honest feedback on things sure. that need fixing. So I love having her do that, you know. And I just know not to. I don't want to be in the room when she's doing it, and then I'll just take it oh, yeah. and be myself myself when I take the notes. So that now, I, you find uh, that she's circling parts of it. She's circling parts of a meal you cooked and being like, "No, do this part." <laughs> <laughs> like failure. I cook a like I've ever cooked a meal. You She doesn't want me cooking from, a meal. <laughs> she circled your me. whole chef lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. She's like. Dinner. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, we got a question from Dad here in the comments. He says, I wonder how you decide which projects to personally illustrate. And just sort of pivoting off that a little bit, maybe I'm missing something, but with the Flux House stuff, uh, Mind Management Bootleg, you brought in other artists. And then the second book we have here, Spy Superb, you drew. And then the next one, Hairball, 
um, you brought in another artist. So at least for this, is the idea to kind of alternate there? Yeah, I think I'm bouncing back and forth um, in a, I don't know, out of design or just really just out of like my schedule. I can draw one thing at a time, you know? And so it's, I just have, I can write a couple while I'm drawing something and then write a couple and then draw something. So I'm just going to bounce back and forth like that. And uh, I just kind of miss drawing. I hadn't drawn anything since Department H. And I really kind of miss, that's half the fun, right? And and so not getting to do it was kind of a bummer. I, I get burned out just writing all the time. And uh, so it's it's been fun doing that. And I, I'm uh, I'm drawing another, I actually was drawing another book. While I'm doing Spy Superb, I'm drawing another book um, that my daughter is painting. She's in college. Oh, and so wow. I was like, how about, how about you paint? Uh, this one, while well, my wife's painting the other one, <laughs> and I don't everybody have to paint anything work. ever again. I'm like, wow. my painting days are done. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was it was tough though because I was drawing. I'm drawing both. I was drawing Spy Superb and this other book at the same time, and so I had to shift gears. It was really hard. I'll I'll probably never do that again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you find that like when you're doing book where you're doing both, do you do both? Uh, work as a writer and an artist on the same day or are you like I'm going to write today paint tomorrow draw tomorrow is it alternating in that way I like to black it out I like to just have a day where like all I'm doing is drawing all day and I kind of just get an audio book or just listen to YouTube in the background all day and then draw and then like those are my favorite days because you can kind of just turn your brain off and listen to something or yeah yeah and so those are more relaxing and then um and then I'd love to have writing days where I'm just writing on one thing all day. Um, oh, wow. Some rarely does it happen though. I'm usually bouncing. I have to draw a page or design a cover, or and then write some. <laughs> and then at night, like I've been, I drew a lot at night. Like I would come home and and then uh, after writing and doing design, and just answering emails all day. Then now I have time to draw, so I just draw at nighttime. Yeah, heads the coffee, I assume. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, I got to keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's let's jump over to the other title that we mentioned, Hairball, which is coming out, I believe, in April, and is a very different sort of book. It's, I I mean, you can see it if you're watching live now with the page. It's literally very dark, but also the subject matter is very dark. Uh, What was the initial genesis of the idea here? Because this does feel like a very different sort of project for you. And was it just owning a cat that made you want to? <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, two things. One, well, first of all, I'm not exactly sure where the the kernel of the idea came from. Usually, I can remember, and maybe the longer we talk here, I'll remember as we talk. <laughs> but uh, I do. I had cats um, at various times when I was a kid, and then growing up, and then I had like adult onset allergies to our two cats uh-huh. um, years like maybe 15 years ago. And so then yeah. we I, we kept them, but I just, just, they made me more miserable. <laughs> more miserable. <laughs> Finally, they they were old, and then they passed on. And then um, and now I don't have any animals in, because I guess I'm allergic. I didn't used to be, yeah. which I didn't know that was a thing. Um, yeah. So I sort of have a love hate with cats. I love them. I want to pet and dogs too. Like all animals, like I love animals, but I'm apparently allergic to them as I got older. Um, so it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I have I the same to, thing, yeah. by the way, not to interrupt. I also yeah. like had cats all my life. We were a cat family. And then yeah. at like mid-20s, suddenly I started sneezing nonstop. It's very sad. Yeah, that's what happened to me. My eyes would start burning. I was like, what's yeah. going on? Maybe I have allergies to something outside, but it was the cats. I did the test where they poke your skin and 
put drops oh, yeah. of everything on there to see what you're allergic to. And then, and then they said I could get shots once a week to, and have cats, but I don't, I don't want to get shots every that week. That feels intense, yeah. yeah, yeah so where do they do have that. the droplets of cat that they put on? <laughs> I know, they do. These the essence, essence of cat. What yeah, do you do? What do you make? What do you put into an essence of cat? It's That's next to, if you go it's to the supermarket, ball. it's between yeah. the vanilla and almond extract. There's cat <laughs> yeah. extract. Very right expensive, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, yeah. So uh, this book is, I think it's fair to call it a horror book, right? Which is that, yeah. I don't know if that's, like you've had elements of horror in your books before, but I don't know if you've necessarily done straight horror. So what's it been like experimenting in this? Yeah, it's been fun. I, I, I always say, I've always said uh, to um, that, that I'm not a big fan of horror. I don't like horror. And then my friends will remind me that, uh, well, you like Alien. You like the aliens. You liked uh, um, the Shining. They'll go down this list of all these. I was like, yeah, but those are, but those are just good movies. I'm a fan of good movies. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, but those are horror. It's a horror genre. And I was like, yeah, I guess. So I don't think I'm not a fan of any genre really. But I am a fan of like good versions of whatever the genre is. Pick it, you know. And I realized mm-hmm. I hadn't really done a lot of horror because I ha- I really hadn't watched or read a lot of it. Um, but I started reading a lot of. Uh, uh, gosh, I've been reading manga over this last summer too, and, and I was like, a lot of that stuff super creepy and weird, and and uh, and this scene, some of these scenes when I was writing them, they kind of grossed me out. Like, there's this, the issue one when the way it ends is like so gross, and as I was writing it, yeah. I, I was yeah. felt I felt gross, <laughs> <laughs> and I've never felt that way writing. I was I'm always like, oh, this is gonna be cool, or this is gonna can't wait to see this. And when I was writing that one, I was like, "Ugh, I, I don't want to see this happen." I mean, the scene we're uh, looking at now, where the cat um, is biting a character, would terrify yeah. me if I was a cat owner, like Pete, oh, specifically. It's so gross. And then what happened? These little like hair-like things crawl out of those holes yeah. and start yeah. whispering in her ear, and yeah. uh, that's literally the scene that was uh, making me sick. <laughs> well, I'd say you're writing horror if you're you're sick. You are sick as you're writing. Yeah, no, I I have a yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it's it was fun to do that, and I, I I'm working with Tyler Jenkins and Hillary Jenkins, who's paint. She's painting it. He's painting drawing it. Um, and I worked with them on Fear Case before this, which that was a straight up horror book. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm writing a horror book, and uh, had fun with that. Um, it was just it real dark, and I feel like I'm in a place. I was like, I don't really want to do too dark of a thing, um, but I felt like this one um, is a little different. It's kind of dark, but uh, but uh, just having the cat, there's like something kind of fun about it, you know. And the cats, the cat may or may not be evil, you know. I don't want to spoil the book, but I don't, mm. I don't know that the cat is the bad guy in this in this mm-hmm. thing. And, yeah, there's I feel definitely. That there's an everyday sort of horror factor here. And uh, to me, the cat is almost absorbing that or reflecting it or something in a way that was really extra scary. I I think cats are also part evil. I mean, that's kind of the thing about (laughs) cats. This is the man with cats closest to him. uh, They they love you, but they also hate you. They're also not afraid to scratch you or bite you. Uh, You know, it's a real, they'll eyeball you as they knock over your favorite thing. I mean, it's a, it's a real, it's a real yeah, thing. Yeah. That's uh, no, that's why I really was impressed with this book. You have really you could tell somebody lived with cats and has loved cats and <laughs> comes across that way. Yeah, you, I love my cats that I've had, and, and but they had an innate sense of 
knowing when I had inked a page that was still wet and put it on a desk <laughs> yeah. to dry and they would lay on it. You know, I was like, oh, how do yeah. you know? How do you know that page is still wet <laughs> and you're going <laughs> to step right across it? You know, this <laughs> is so funny. to me. That definitely explains a lot of the cat shaped prints that have shown up in your comic books. Yeah. So yeah. thank you for the art. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, there's a couple books. I could tell you which books where they, <laughs> they totally messed pages up, but, uh, no, that's it's hilarious. cute. It's kind of, um, cute. you gotta laugh. <laughs> we got a couple of questions here, both from uh, Crowdcast and over on YouTube. Derek Mainhard here on Crowdcast says, would you be interested in working on a book where you were the artist and not writing it? Not really. <laughs> <I've done laughs> it I did it. I did it on a book called The Tooth that uh, Cullen Bunn wrote. Um, yeah. And uh, it was fun. And then I've done it with, I did it on Sweet Tooth, Jeff Lemire. I did like three years yep. of Sweet Tooth. Um, just for the heck of it, you know. So you only and, uh, on dental related books, got it? Yeah, yeah, I know. It has to have teeth in the title, or I'm not, I'm not interested. Otherwise, yeah. Um, but yeah, I did. I've done that a couple times, and in, in uh, it's just all right. It's all right. I, it's it's it seems like a, it seems like a hassle. <laughs> to, yeah, like you're wearing someone else else's clothes in a weird yeah, way. <laughs> it's like oh, I. Uh, the thing is, like when I'm writing, I'm picturing it in my head. Um, and I'm okay with handing it off to someone. And then uh, there's that translation that happens that I'm not doing. And I don't mind drawing my own thing because I've already pictured it in my head and I'm, I can see it. But taking somebody else's uh, images that they're writing and like translating their words into like images, I don't, that's a step I don't like. I was like, that's oh, funny. Uh, I don't want to do it. I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that's lazy. I think that's, you know, you're, you're, when you're writing it and doing your art or just writing it and not doing the art, you're serving your own master. You're serving your own ideas. Like you're saying yeah. the other way you have that other person like looming over your shoulder the entire time. Like, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing what they picture? Yeah. you. There's, it's interesting. And then, yeah, you're like, trying to make that happen but then also think of ways to make it better can i add a panel can i do a thing that's why like the and we don't i don't want to ever get into it but like the idea of like who's more important writer or artist and i was like i don't you you they're like this like you, with yeah, comics you can't the magic of comics is they're like that you know it's you can't separate it and uh and i think that's the true the toughest part of comics is the artist taking words and then transforming that into comics you know and like good yeah. ones do make it magic you know and then yeah. but poor artists make the whole thing fall apart so <laughs> yeah it doesn't it's it's a that's where the rubber meets the road with artists reading the script and interpreting it <laughs> uh this is a related question over on youtube i feel like this is a perennial favorite but which work of yours are you most proud of Ooh. who's your favorite mm. kid <laughs> yeah yeah no hey everybody has, everybody has a favorite kid my parents have a favorite kid <laughs> i know they do and uh and then we do we have an only child so that's easy but uh yeah, I'd, say, <laughs> I'd say uh it, it changes over time i think super spy was my favorite because that was the first book mm. where like i could make a living doing comics it's the one that i like i never got a day job after that um so there's like a this uh I have a warm spot in my heart for that and for the longest that was but I think mind management is still is the one where like I'm trying not to I put everything into it and sometimes I'm trying to like what do you uh, I need new ideas like but I 
I put most of my ideas into that book. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now I'm like struggling. I was like, how do I beat? I don't know how to beat that one. And I'm just trying to. <laughs> Uh, we got another question here from YouTube. This is a very specific one. Uh, Matifer says, you mentioned artists reading the script. Would you ever want to write Aquaman? Is there a certain artist's work you picture in your head if you wrote it? If I wrote <laughs> Aquaman, who would I picture? That is very specific. Yeah. That is very specific. Aquaman, I, don't want, I wouldn't want to write Aquaman. I don't know what I would do with that character. And then... Uh, um, <laughs> And then uh, who would I who would I like to see draw it? I don't know. <laughs> Perhaps an enemy of yours that you a person yeah. you don't like. Yeah, yeah. No, and then maybe I would write it for my enemy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd say who, who do I like? I, Frank Wiley. I'd love to see him draw some Aquaman. Oh yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome. cool. I don't know if I've seen a Frank Wiley Aquaman. Frank, that'd be great. Uh, Jeff Darrow, you'd never get him to do it, but I'd love to see him do at least the cover, oh, Aquaman cover. Think oh of the sea, seaweed detail. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? The uh, kelp, kelp fanatic book. It's like right a, there. all that junk that's, that people throw in the, in the ocean. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's great. I would love that. Uh, I did want to turn to another book that you're working on that is just finishing up. I don't think the last issue of Berserker has come out yet, right? If yeah, it comes around. out in. March, sometime in the spring. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We so just approved the art for the for it, so I know it's done. <laughs> it has gone in some absolutely wild directions in the last couple of issues. Um, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't necessarily read it, but what was it like bringing this title to an end? What was important for you, in essence, when you and Keanu and the rest of the team were finishing it up? Um, what was it like? It was a. Uh... I feel like we landed in the spot that he, when we first started talking about it, he had pitched a basic idea and then he had pitched a kind of ending. And I think we ended, we landed where that ending w was, or mm. which was like, like his, en his ending idea was something that I really liked. You know, I thought, I really thought like the idea for like an immortal warrior isn't, uh, we've seen, you know, but like his way of like where he wanted to go with it, I thought was the unique part and i think we got there we ended there um how we got there is like not at all <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought we were going to do certain things and then we ended up and then we all we just had ideas we've been working on that book for three and a half years you know yeah. and, and uh and like i told i told him i was like look we're not i'm not we're not the same people we were when we started this book so <laughs> like i still we still liked our ending um but the but we had ideas along the way and then those ideas sort of changed like what happened at, uh, towards the end and some characters became more important um, as we started writing them, you know? And so I think, um, uh, yeah, it's just like, it's like any, any story, any really you're, as you're writing it, it starts to change as you write the characters and have it, the universe and everything. And then, and then you just hope that you can bring it in for a landing without crashing and burning. And I think we did it. <laughs> <laughs> did yeah. the fact that you're adapting it in various medium, did that change at all how the comic went? Was there any feedback there or no? It no, was a, it was, it's it was great because we, we actually held off the screenwriter because he was like, we were feeding him scripts for stuff that wasn't even out yet so he could get started. And then, um, but he couldn't go. He was waiting on us to finish. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so we cool. Had, we had that last arc to do. And so we were like, I was like, we may do this, we may do that. We had different options and we hadn't really decided yet what we were going to do exactly. Um, we really had like choices and we didn't know. 
And so they're just waiting. But that's what was great about it. It was like that had no impact at all on what we we're doing. And um, but it's up to them to to clean up our mess if they want to. <laughs> yeah. If they want to well, do something with it. They, it's they, just great uh, that they were they able can, to. You, you, they can change they can, it if they want. but And they were able to yeah, yeah, wait because I feel like that never happens where like it's like, oh, no, they're going to wait. We're going to finish. So it's not a weird rivalry or it's not just messed up in that way where two stories are rubbing against each other in a bad yeah yeah there was never any of that and it was and then and then two counties credit too he like protected the project so it's like we're not gonna yeah we're not even gonna have conversations about it yet until we know what we're doing and we're gonna do what we do and then when we're done with that then we can talk about like what the movie and how you want to adapt or what you want to do and uh it just was we were in our own little incubator making our thing and then Man, is there great. a man was... with a better a better reputation than Keanu Reeves? You're now you're like he's now doing right by the, the different writer writers on this project. Yeah, he's a king. Yeah, no, he's. It, you, I went in. You kind of hear those stories, and you're like, uh, but still, it's like you don't you don't ever know really, and then you don't know a person like he didn't know me, I didn't know him, you know, and so um, you're just a little apprehensive, hopeful, but also. <laughs> apprehensive and then you see how it's playing out and you're like oh this is whatever it couldn't couldn't be better and now that you are reaching the end point with the comic book are you going to be involved in the other adaptations at all um i'm doing we're they haven't announced stuff we're doing more comic book type uh things after (laughs) issue 12 and then uh and then I'm involved. I'm like a consultant on the other stuff. So like, oh cool. I'll weigh in. I'm like, how about this? How about that? Or we have, because we had a lot of backstory for characters and different things. So it's like a, I'm like a resource for it. But uh, yeah, mm. gotta go to I set. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you about another adaptation of your work. I was in Barnes and Noble the other day, and I passed by the board game section, and I saw the mind management board game, which. Yeah looks a awesome but b very complicated uh how which i think you'd expect for mind management <laughs> but how did yeah. that come about how did you end up getting a board game made of mind management and how much have you played it <laughs> two very one easy question one hard one i'll go to the easy <laughs> one first easy one is i met uh jay um and sen who are the game design they designed the mechanics of the game how it worked I met them at Gen, like Gen Con, a game convention, mm. summers ago, and then uh, and Jay was a fan of mind management, and so I just I was just there. I was tagging along with Brian Hurt, who was there for like business stuff, and I was like, I've never been to a game convention. What's this about? And I walk Ooh. around and bumped into him, and we he knew me from mind management. And I was like, oh, we should do a game sometime. <laughs> I didn't know anything about <laughs> games at the time, and then. Uh, uh, but that was the summer I learned all about board games and I started getting, I have like hun- hundreds of board games. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, so I mean, I love it now. Uh, but uh, he, I was like, let's do one. And so that we just started spitballing ideas for it and going back and forth on how the game would work. And then eventually we figured out the mechanics and they figured all that out. And then I was like, well, what you have unlimited art and design. I'll just do it all. Let's make it look crazy like the comics you know let's dump everything we can and do it make it look super cool and i know the game works well let's make it look like nothing else you know wow. and um so we just spent it was probably the hardest thing i've ever done because wow. comic books i understand how it works and i know it's involved with board games it had to be functional 
but it also had to look cool and it had like all kinds of layers to it. And so it was hard to make sure it functioned because people, they open the game, they want to be able to play it. They don't care about extra little secret codes or hidden things. It's like, if that gets in the way of you playing it, people don't like it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I had to make, I had to be very careful that everything worked, you know, and I didn't get in the way of the actual fun part of the game. Um, and then, so then the hard part of the question is me playing it. I, I put so many hours into making that game. I've probably played it, um, three times maybe. <laughs> and it's, and, uh, uh, my daughter made me play it. She's like, we got to play this game. And I was like, it was so much work. I still look at yeah. it and I start, exactly. I start like, to oh. have a panic attack. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but, uh, but we played it. We played, I played with her and I was like, okay, well, and then we played through once and I totally broke the game accidentally cheated you know and there's rules if you accidentally cheat because that's i haven't i do that a lot yeah <laughs> so we had to start over so we had to start over like two times because wait kept so you up. in the rules of the game proofed the game against yourself Is i did I, I told wow. jay i was like we need to have something in here for accidental cheaters wow. <laughs> which is what i am uh what, a question for the comments uh nat Towson, what style game is it hmm it's hidden movement. So uh, I, before I before we did this one, the other game I knew that was similar to it and like how it works is like a was it like a Jack the River game. But anyway, you're in the city, and then one person is running around the city doing their secret mission, and all the other people are trying to find that person. So there's mm-hmm. clues, and you're trying to deduce where they are based on different information. Um, so it's like many people versus one, one versus many. Oh, that's cool. Um, and you're, and, uh, and it's, what's great is like, it looks complicated. It's not complicated at all. You could, you sit down and start playing in like five minutes and you just go through the, the first page of the rule book and it's pretty easy. Like there's not a lot of rules. It just looks crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, I'm definitely going to pick that up then. Uh, we do have one other question here from YouTube. It's actually a two part. Uh, I'm not going to make you answer the first one because I feel like we'd make you choose babies, but uh, regarding your flux house imprint, who's your favorite fluxus artist? You don't have to answer who your favorite artist is. Uh, but also which work of yours besides berserker, would you most want to see adapted to film or television? Oh, wow. I'd say mind management is probably the one and it's, we're currently it's kind of in deve- it's in development at my at uh, Netflix. Oh wow! Um, nice. They option in, and we have a um, we have a pilot written, and it's crazy. And like, nef- like <laughs> really, like it's perfect now. Like with streaming, like even if it, this had happened like ten years ago, it would have not been as great. Um, but now, like with streaming, things you can do with with like branching narratives and everything. Yeah, uh, and like things I want to do with subtitles and different weird stuff Ooh. that you could only do in a streaming way. You know, we're, we're able to do that now. So if that actually happens, fingers crossed or whatever, we're, we're uh, trying to uh, get the final green light. Um, but if that happens, that would be great. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> yeah. exciting to great. hear that you're sort of going for a different, uh, sort of really translating the book in a way, not just, you know, doing a straight adaptation. Yeah, yeah I, feel- no, I think that's what's, that's what's fun about it. like the same with the board game. I was like you that property specifically. I was trying to do it with a comic. I was like kind of bored of regular comics. And like why buy a monthly comic? Well, I was trying to figure out ways to make the monthly comic more interesting or make it there a reason for you to have that you know and and like just applying that uh, mindset to different mediums like the board game. Let's like why don't why doesn't anybody use the backside of the board on the board game? 
So there's stuff on the back side of it, you know. Why not um, put things in the box, the inside of the box? You know, there's all kinds of area that you no, can man. use. And then we just kept that mentality with the TV show. It's like, well, why not? Why can't we use? Uh, what can we do with stub titles? Like, what is? What's the technology? What can we do with? Um, like this idea of uh, you watch it once, and then what happens if you watch it a second time? Is it a little different? You know, like oh, things, man, little things that... you could do. Like, I've so always much... loved that idea. Yeah. I was like, how could you do it with like a, a way of like having it be a physical thing or something? But that's so exciting. Yeah, no, there's there's so much. And uh, that's why I think I was like, take, keep the course, you know, keep the story and the characters, whatever. But let's make it uh, something you can only do in TV. You know, just like I try to do comics. You can only do it in comics. Let's do that with TV as well. Oh, I love that. So exciting. Uh, we have a clarification from the question asker here. Uh, he or she was saying, no, I mean the historical art movement from the 60s, Fluxus, which the imprint title Flux House is based off of. So the actual question <laughs> is, who is your favorite Fluxus artist, not your favorite artist that you've worked with? So apologies. Yeah, I'd say wow. Marcel Duchamp is probably my favorite. He was insane a little bit. A little bit crazy, but uh, yeah. no. What I liked about him, he did all kinds of things. He painted, he did sculpture, he did uh, installations, he did uh, weird written, typewritten things, and like he put manuals together and little booklets. And he had like a suitcase where he he built miniature versions of all of his art that he could oh carry around to just show people. Uh, like I, like he, I just like that idea of like. Um, not being defined you whatever he wasn't defined by like a certain medium he was just doing interesting things all over the place but uh that's cool I don't know. Uh, yeah, and he's, he's an easy one sorry we did have one more pop up here from pippy pop is the name of the person appropriately when you write a comic do you come up with an idea and then decide how many issues the story will be or do you not care <laughs> yeah, i would love to what i would love to do is go back to uh when I first started writing comics and I was just doing my own thing and no, it wasn't published, I would just write a book and draw the book and then it would be as long as it needed to be. You know, I was like, oh, it's 120 pages. That seems right. Or I need another page. I'll add one. Um, the more I got into comics, the more I realized, uh, whatever, if you're doing issues, like it's very strict. Now it has to be 22 yeah. or 24. Um, I refuse to do a 20 page comic. I'm not going to write one. It's not enough pages. <laughs> it's not enough. Wow. If it's monthly, right? I it, it it's uh I need at least twenty two, and then twenty four uh, is ideal. Um, but yeah, it's it's a uh, but when I first start writing, I I just come up with an outline, and then you can kind of tell. I was like, oh, this is this seems like five issues or six issues, or this is gonna be a longer one. I just I just pitch one that's twelve issues long. You know, I was like, I could do this. Needs to be that. You know. And uh, it just depends. It's story dependent. You know, I just kind of let the story decide how long it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, well, Matt, thank you so much for coming yeah. on. Always a pleasure to chat, as always. Uh, so Spy Superb, the first issue is out, <clears throat> excuse me, now from Dark Horse. And the second issue should be coming out soon. Hairball is in April. Is there anything else you want to plug before we let you go? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, board, you plugged everything. That's good. Board games, yeah. comics. <laughs> what else is there? I know. Berserker exactly. coming up real quick. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Awesome, Matt. Thank you so much for coming on. Pleasure seeing you. Congratulations on everything. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. See you, Matt. See ya. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, there we go. Once again, for the Flux House imprint that comes out through Dark Horse, you can check out Spy Superb, which is great. Hairball, which is terrifying and upsetting, uh, and great as well. Definitely pick that that up. And then a comment from Ben the Border Collie Alex is so committed to the show, he has a hairball. That's Mm -hmm. right. It's true. Uh, And also, if you see him in a coffee shop, make sure you walk by and say crazy shit. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Or just any coffee shop you go into, say something crazy. Yeah, just he's there. Yeah, just in case. Cover your bases. Yeah. And Alex, if you're going to die, just put yourself on mute so we don't have to listen to it. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that, guys. That was really unprofessional of me to die on mic. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? You're better than that. You went to Cornell. (laughs) I don't know what that has to do with anything. But I do know we're going to move on to our next section, which is my favorite section, because you all make it up. (laughs) Your audience. It's your host, (laughs) Deb. Oh, man. Oh, boy. If you want to ask a question, drop it in Q&A over on Crowdcast or in the comments over on YouTube or Facebook, I guess, as you have been doing. We've already talked about what we're drinking, so why don't we go right to the questions? Oh, my God. <laughs> I think you need a drink. I think yeah, you, you need, need a drink. I just needed to have one good I mean, cough there, and I didn't want to do it while Matt was on, and then that made uh, it worse. Nice. You know I should I have shown Matt my, my coffee hat. And also, Justin just said what he was drinking. We don't know what you're drinking, and I'm having another Florida man. Water. water. Warm water, Alex. Warm Warm water. water. Tepid, tepid water. Uh, All right. We got a question here from Stray Bullet over on Crowdcast. Piggyback on to Alex's question in the Patreon Slack. You can join for pennies a month. Love it. How old is Batman? I say mid forties, given all the children wisdom. So, how old is Batman? Just to clarify, um, this is not like how old is Batman in the movie The Batman, and we know there's younger Batman stories and older Batman stories. My question is, how old is Batman in current comics continuity? Like just mm. the main continuity. How old would you say it is? And also hundreds of years old at this point. (laughs) Yes. The the main thing is that I also emphasized here, and I think this is absolutely true, is there's literally no correct answer because they're never going to confirm it. They're never going to say it. There's no way of actually determining it because there's 50 other things that contradict it. It's more like 
when you read it, how old do you actually think he is? Yeah. Uh, I think I got to go with like 38. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. Because he's got to be old enough to have several generations of Robins. Uh, right. And then, uh, but, but not, not too, too old, old where he can't fight. Ruined. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's still got to be able to throw that punch. You know what I mean? So yeah, he's not. I mean, Tom Brady's falling apart. He's turned into a skin cell skeleton. <laughs> oh wow, he's forty-five. Okay, all right. I was uh, going to say early forties, but you know, um, yeah, I. You said Tom Brady, and now I'm <laughs> kind of like you know second guessing myself. Uh, Nat I... Townsend asks, "How big is Batman's prostate?" Perhaps the more important question. The hugest. He's Batman. Come on. I training that thing. I feel like I read this somewhere and it just stuck with me, but 35 or 35-ish, which is pretty close to 38, is what I always went for. And I feel like the reason I thought 35 is like you're saying, he's old enough to have a couple of Robins, even with the compressed timeline of comic books, where it's like this has been taking place over the course of three weeks or whatever insanity it is. But he also, he doesn't get older, I think is part of it. And part of the thing about it, like if you think about it logically, when he don't think about it, I'm going to explain what I mean. But like, if you try to think about it logically, you're like, okay, timeline wise, when he adopted Dick Grayson, he would probably be about 25. And now Dick, is about 10 years older than that at least so he probably has to be about 35 except i would argue when he adopted dick grayson he was 35 and he continues to be 35 and dick got older and the rest of the robins get older but batman stays the same age the entire time nice i also think weirdly i'm not doing the joke i'm not doing it you did you sort of seems like you all right all right all right well, <laughs> oh, see, you know, he say seems sick, but he's sharp as um, attack. Uh, but I also think that Alfred is thirty eight, but he's just British. <laughs> but he's, he's just he's lived ass. a little harder. Yeah. yeah, he just. I mean, the problem to... is it, it can't be too old because you would like to think he would be able to deal. He would get old enough where he would be able to deal with his, uh, you know, parents' death in a way that's like. Being like, what am I doing dressing up as a bat? This is ridiculous. This is a young man's thing to do who can't deal with this. Well, oh, wait, so, you think what's your, what's your Batman for 15 years? You're like, this is what? dumb. I should just I say, to talk to somebody about this and not uh, beat up poor people. I feel like well, you've, once you've been Batman for enough for over a decade, you're pretty pot committed to the whole I'm the terror of the night thing. Yeah. I also feel like maybe part of it is when you get to Dark Knight Returns era in my mind, he's like at the very lowest fifties, but definitely like sixties. When you're talking about bat <coughs> year one, we're talking about twenties. So you got to be somewhere in the middle there, whether it's thirties or forties or whatever. He's not yeah. that old. He's not that young. He's just kind of in the middle. I don't know. There you go. Uh, an unanswerable question. This I one, think we it, covered it, but we got it anyway. We nailed it. This is from over oh, on YouTube. All in the game says, what will be the top three best reviewed of this year's nine comic book movies? Will Gunn's upcoming slate announcement extend past 2025? Ooh, mm. two, oh, uh, two very uh, different questions here, I think. Yeah. But why don't we start with the second one? So we know that James Gunn and Peter Safran are at least rumored that they're going to be announcing a lot of their stuff. I think it was supposed to be now-ish, like this week or something like that, before the end of January. I guess we'll see what happens. But 
Um, what do you think? Are they going to go like the full Kevin Feige Marvel timeline route? Justin, 100%. you're not again. Yes. I think they have to because this year's burnt for them. They're not going to get anything made then, now, into then. And then I feel like that extend that burnt period extends for half of next year too. So if they're going to announce a significant slate of projects, like any sort of like trilogy or ongoing movie franchise thing, it has to be further into the future. Yeah, but I mean, they can have all the great plans that they want to. It's really going to depend on how things go and how well things do. Um, and I, well, sort of, but I also think the movies that they didn't make, that they're not being tested yet. So they have to be tested to find out if they're going to succeed. So they have to make some number of projects that will do uh, great or poorly. Like if Flashpoint fails, if hypothetical, uh, they're not going to be punished for that. Well, the other thing that you need to factor in here is they've already said that what they're looking to do is not just movies. They're doing movies, TV shows, video games, maybe extending into comics. We don't really know at this point, but whatever it is, I think what they're probably going to do is they're going to have to go into 2025 just because of the video games, because they can't be like, we got a video game coming out later this year because that's not how it works. They need a ton of advanced notice. So it's entirely possible. They may go all the way to like 2026 or 27 or something like that. I guess. But, that's weird to say that, like, oh, they're going to get into comic books. It's like, fuck you, stay out of comic books. Comic books, the DC comics are great. Don't, I don't fuck know. Let, that up. Let me throw nah. something out at you. If they brought everything in line, would that be a bad thing? No. Like talking about yes. just talking about the main continuity. You can still have the black label books. You can still have the stuff that's out of continuity. You can let people experiment. But let's say for the first time in the history of comics a major comic book publisher actually interacted and responded to and caused things to happen in the movies and TV shows versus the stuff where they'll have the Arrowverse stuff, which doesn't affect it in any way. I think that might be cool. I think it would be an interesting experiment. What I would say is I feel like the Black Label stuff is doing well, so I wouldn't want to mess with that. But do an Ultimates-style line of comics that does line up with the movies that you have those that the that line is well the problem with that is what readers will jump back to that maybe and then maybe even back further into sort of the main continent what i'm worried about is then what projects are doesn't get made because you guys are putting time and energy into this you know what i mean because right now they're their comics are killing it. They're they're cranking out great DC comics right now, and I don't want that to I get I totally agree, with. but it's this perennial problem of like, you know, you're are you excited about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three? Great news. Most of those characters are dead or look different. You know, yeah. so there's not necessarily this one to one of like, I love this movie. I go to the comic book store and I see this thing. And there's always this very, and I know I'm telling you, not telling you guys anything you don't know. This is more for the listening audience, but like, there's always this janky divide between over explaining how things work to the movie audience. So it can work for this and you can touch on it, but it's not the same because they have a different history. If anybody could wipe out their entire history and start over, it's DC because they've already done that 10 times. Sure. Well, I I also think like you don't, you need to start having comic book readers who are younger than Batman. And Batman, (laughs) as we know, is 38. So it's time to, (laughs) we need some Damian Wayne. Not my Batman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Wait, how old was your Pat Bad Pete? 21? Uh, 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 yeah, like big. young 40s, like mm. 41, 42, 43. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh. <laughs> what was that eye waggle going on? Pete's slowly aging. Batman is what? Like, Two months younger than you is yeah. like as long as he's two months younger than me, I believe as, he can do that. As long as he, we're old enough to hang out, I don't know. Yeah, Batman's my friend. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I like to, you know, like how emotionally scarred am I? How emotionally scarred is Batman? You know what I mean? We got to be around the same age, you know. Let's. Uh, <laughs> wow. The other part of so the question though was about. I think. What do you think are they going to be the top three best reviewed? of this nine-year comic book movie. So just to run them down real quick, we've got Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Mm -hmm. Shazam, Fury of the Gods, Mm -hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume Mm 3, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, The Flash, The Marvels, uh, Blue Beetle, Craven the Hunter, and Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. So of those... Not top Easy. box office earner, but what do you think is going to be the best? Reviewed? Best reviewed. Here's top three in order. Yeah, Spidey across the Spider Verse, but by a long shot, the best. Take it easy there. By a long shot, take it easy. Second best, Guardians of Galaxy three. Third, Quantum Mania. Close four, Aqu- Aquaman. No, Aquaman's going to be in the. No, Aquaman's going to sh- shock everybody. Yeah, I'm so sorry. No, I I, I do think there's a possibility that Shazam might surprise people. Yeah, it does look like a fun movie. I really didn't like the first one, but yeah, I, I, do, I do not. What do you think? They did a bunch of changes, high quality yeah. changes. Mm-hmm. The other thing, I know we're all like very anti the Flash for a variety of reasons, but sure. every test screening that they've done apparently has been through the roof for that. So says the know. Flash fan. No, I don't want to see it. I'm actively angry at that movie. For no, but you that, like yeah. Flash as a character. It's one of your I favorite. I like that character. movie to die. You're not. You're not quite getting what I'm saying. Here. Yeah, he's talking about some of the background on it, but I, I, I mean, I don't know how that movie isn't going to be so overly complicated by continuity. Like they, because of the way the DC schedule went, like they're introducing Flashpoint to a group of people that are like, wait, what? Sorry, I don't remember who the Justice League is. You've got old Batman who's like 39. So you're saying just real quick, this Flash movie that has two Flashes and two Batman is going to be more complicated for people than across the Spider-Verse that has approximately 3,000 different Spider-Man. That's right. Because, But that's baked into the premise, and that's also a comedy. Flash, I think, is going to be a little bit lighter on comedy (laughs) and a little bit heavy on like, don't you see I'm Batman (laughs) or whatever. It's going to be the whole thing over and over. Yeah. Okay. Number one. Morbius number two. Yeah, Morbius re-release uh, again. It's gonna be a Morbius re-release. Yeah, and then that's wow. it. that's going to be the best reviewed movie of the year. Wow, bar none. Uh, great, great questions. We got a couple of others to get through. This is uh, all right. This is from Kevin. What are some of your favorite rabbits, hares, rabbit-like aliens, etc. In comics? Well, wow. I mean, we have been loving the one in Shazam. It's uh, it's been very enjoyable. That rabbit yes. is glorious. That's Hobby. true. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think is Kevin on a big uh, Captain Carrot kick? Or I don't know. Is he trying to get you to say ba- Captain Bucky O'Hare or something like that? You guys are always talking. Oh, about that guy. Captain Bucky O'Hare. That's true. Great rabbit. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, Bugs Bunny, one of the I, best. I don't know if I like many rabbit characters. I because I'm not a big. 
Captain Carrot. Rabbit feels like a go-to where it's like, hey, look at this joke we're telling. And uh, I just need a serious rabbit, like Harvey. Yeah. Uh, good movie. Uh, speaking of good movies, Stanley here says, any thoughts on the Oscar nominations? Any disappointing snubs or rooting favorites? Woman King was phenomenal. I'm super pissed that didn't get more love because that movie was just uh, bananas. Super tight bananas. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. It, it did it win was... big at the Super Tight Banana Awards, though. Well, I mean, of course, everybody knew that was going to happen, but yeah, um, yeah, it was, out. it was sort of a um, snub on um, on Woman King. Uh, I thought that that was going to get a little bit of love. Um, I don't know. It felt like the movies that we were talking that everyone was talking about were got nominated. I think there's a little bit of a coup in the um, actress from Two Leslie getting a Best Actress yeah. nom. Um, when that was like sort of a Twitter campaign that some um, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, made. Gwyneth Paltrow, Gwyneth Paltrow, um, Edward Norton, and that note, like truly, no one saw that movie. Um, I was asleep, but my wife rented that movie last night and was like, "I don't know what's. It's just a lot of yelling." Uh, so, <laughs> ooh, uh, the movie is too Leslie. I love um, yelling. Maybe I I've been watching some out. movies. I watched Tar. It's great. Really enjoyed Tar. Um, I finally finished Avatar, and I will say that movie, the story, I'm like, yep, I see how this is going. Still got me, though. When Wait, you talking about the first uh, one or the second one? Second one, the new one. Okay. Which order do you watch those in? Do you watch Tar, then Avatar, or do you watch oh, Tar boy. first? There's a section in Avatar where they say, press play on Tar. And it's sort of, <laughs> it's like a movie within a movie. <laughs> and uh, Nat, you are right. Uh, Usagi Ojimbo is one of my favorite characters. Great. Uh, let's see. We got a couple more before I die over here. Yeah, mute, dude. Mute. No, never. I'll never mute. Everybody has to hear all of my coughs. Um, yeah. This is, uh, oh, do you guys want, a, this is from Prime Energy. Do you guys want a new Constantine live action movie? Uh, I mean, on that note, we were talking about Keanu Reeves earlier, and they're moving ahead with a Constantine 2 starring Keanu Reeves. So. Well, this is tough because the Constantine that we got, the animated was really great. And the guy who did the TV show, I really loved as well. You don't get me wrong. I love Keanu Reeves. Um, but I also really like that uh, British dude uh, who did Constantine a bunch of times. So I was uh, super excited uh, about that. And I wanted more from that actor. Uh, so I'm a little disappointed, but, and, you know, Keanu is great, too. I mean, <laughs> I love Constantine, so uh, more Constantine is better than less Constantine, but it's a, it's a nice. tough choice. Um, I don't have a take on Constantine, but I do have a take on Alex muting when he coughs. It's much scarier when Alex... I know you guys at home can't he, can't see this, but Alex muted and coughed like a true dying, like a corpse. Like he's about to zombie out right now. That was crazy. Don't do that again, please. <laughs> All right. I'll just cough on Mike as I have been doing. Um, this is from Nat. What are your favorite children for each host? What's your favorite creative project you've done or your literal offspring? Wow. Great question. I guess uh, probably Pete's my favorite child <laughs> that I take care of, that I take care of the most. Um, really? Wow. I mean, to give a safe answer, I think oh. I would say of the podcasts we've done, 
Um, I think I've said this before, but I was always really proud of Watchmen Watch. I thought yeah. we did a really good job with that, not to pat ourselves on the back. But I was very happy that we were able to recap every issue of the comic. We were able to do two episodes a week, one with special guest weighing in, and one just us talking about the episodes. I thought it was a very comprehensive podcast. I was really proud of the format, and they were able to put it out in a timely manner as well. So. Agree there. I will say, I will echo um, the all caps comments from Stray Bullet, the Doom Room. I was very, I thought that was a f- very fun because we did it in secret and then released it all <laughs> at once, which was insane <laughs> of us to do to record 30 episodes. I yeah. think uh, in secret. My favorite uh, project that we did was Elephant Larry. Uh, that they were, you know, it's just so much fun and uh, really great. But of course, I'm going to say Sweet Tooth because we reviewed Candy as well as the TV show. And that, to me, that's when art and light met in a very uh, I was place. thinking about that last night, Pete, because at the corner grocery store, I found they have now cookie dough flavored uh, Milky Way and Twix, what? which I picked up for my kids. And myself, yeah, and right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> for my kids, yeah, we were taste testing them, and we were like talking about what we liked and didn't. That's like why them. you're sick. Well, and yeah, that's why exactly. I'm sick. It was full of coughs. Uh, <coughs> and anyway, we tasted it, and I was like, "Oh, sweet tooth is going to come back this year. Pete's going to be so happy that he gets to eat candy again." Oh yeah! yeah. And let's remember that Snickers, my candy, won the uh, prize in the end. Voted well, on by the uh, showrunner of Sweet Tooth. Um, a couple of comments that I feel like we must read. Um, ben the Border Collie, Keen Cast uh, might be my favorite. Loved the New York City stories that we shared, which Ooh. is fun. And Ben also says he never watched the show and lets us talk about that. <laughs> so shouts to that. Um, the Kevin, the correct answer for Justice Characters, welcome tomorrow at 8 p.m., another show that I do that uh, Kevin uh, views and participates in. Um, and nice. uh, from Stray Bullet, you reviewed candy without the input of your chef, and I was duly offended. Oh, wow. that's fair. That's Sorry, fair. We, we only should. got you an entire Doom Patrol podcast to make up for it. Uh, uh, but, is- <laughs> moving forward, though, we should uh, include Stray Bullies on uh, the new season. So, no, I don't think we'll do that. Uh, why don't? Oh. We- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Stray, I tried. <laughs> no, I thought it'd be fun. Um, this is from over on YouTube. Frederico Rosa says, what are you guys thinking about The Last of Us? Uh, great question. Are you guys watching? Two eps in. I mean, no, Alex has seen like all of them. Yeah. So get the fuck out of here. Pete? Uh, no, I haven't checked it out yet. Um, I really like it. Um, in fact, I like it so much that when I got sick yesterday, I was like, I'm going to die from mushroom stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got wow. mushroom. I got mushroom brain. I thought you were saying you would watch it over again. I was like, you're like me with Ted Lasso, but. Um, no, no, I don't watch things uh, twice. Not even, not barely what? once. Dude, yeah. what if you're like at somebody's house, you're flipping around on channels and you don't go to have like go to the you know, stuff that you're like, first oh. off, going to someone's house and watching TV. Come on, dude. <laughs> I've that never happens. I got kids at this point. Uh, well, you. I would love to do that. (laughs) Sorry to have any free time. I I like the show. I'm glad people who like the games are happy with it. I'm very curious to see what people think after this week's episode in particular. 
Well, Ooh, watching the Ooh. episode preview, like this would definitely have some swerve to it, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, that's the big thing, is without getting into any spoilers whatsoever, it is a swerve episode. It is interesting to me to make the third episode the swerve episode. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing or a good thing. I'm not characterizing that way. I'm just curious to see how people react. Yeah. Um. So there you go. And I think... We got one more question here. This is from Ben, the Border Collie. How do you feel about a thick French? <laughs> uh, Accent? Great question. Yeah. Uh, I think this is based dressing? on a Patreon discussion. Yeah, uh, there's yes, some French um, dressing. I, I, I can recap for us. Um, you guys were talking about the, the drink that um, Stray Bullet prepared for our show today, which we haven't highlighted yet, which oh, was a sorry. great um, uh, martini, like a very basic uh, great martini. And Alex was pr- proposing an, uh, a non-alcoholic version of that involving potato water and olive juice. <laughs> yes. And then there's a lot of Which is, by that. the way, it was not for me. It was legitimately an actual recipe online for a non-alcoholic martini where this lady was like, it tastes just as good. It's olive juice and potato water. Is potato water when you squeeze a potato? You put a potato in it. Potato water they is, I read potato. through the recipe, it's when you're boiling potatoes for like mashed potatoes or whatever. And then you take the water out and oh. that's the potato water. And that's a bonus at the end. She take was the like, potato out. if you want, you can make mashed potatoes afterwards. And I was like, yeah, but I, I'm not going to use the water. That's disgusting. But, what is this? You talked to Miss Idaho is where you got this recipe. Yeah, here it was an actual thing. potato. Who, uh, Everyone knows you bathe in your potato water after you collect enough of it because it makes your skin supple. Anyway, back to the French thick French story. So after Alex proposed all these juices, I quoted our our famous section where we ask what people are drinking and say, all right, guys, what salad dressings are you drinking tonight? Mm. And um, Kevin dropped in French and everyone really went to town because French is the weirdest salad dressing to ever ask. Oh, the weirdest. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, a a thick French on a salad. (laughs) It's like putting mayonnaise on your lettuce. Uh, to each his own, I say. To each his own. And that is it for your audience questions. Oops. It is now time for trivia. And for that, I'm going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All right. It's the part we give back to you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win 25 free dollars in the form of a gift card to Midtown Comics Online or, of course, Long John Silver's. Um, so we just need a first hand up, uh, in the comments or a me or a, Hey, and, uh, yeah. And you will have a chance to win. I mean, let's not say chance you're going to win. Yeah. And Did you should figure out how Nat kept getting in last week. Oh, no, don't bring that up. Why would you? Uh, that was weird. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, and you definitely have to wear headphones. Otherwise there's going to be a terrible echo if you want to do it. Oh, we got a hand up from, YouTube from Easy Reader. So there you go. Mm. Easy Easy Reader. reader. You've got it. All you got to do since you're on YouTube, you're on a little bit of a delay. Um, But just type your answer there. All right. Here we go. Make polite conversation. Great. Today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend Earl Bowen. R.I.P. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go. Question number one. What Marvel comic is dropping in May is set in the past? Is it A, Danny Ketch, Ghost Rider number one, 
B, Dan Cortez, MTV Sports, number double zero, or C, Franco Colombo? <laughs> Colombo? Yep. Pete, your nonsense is spreading from the stack over here to our main podcast. That's right. So uh, obviously A is the only correct answer is what we're uh, looking Dan for. Dan Cortez here. is pretty cool, and he is yeah. in the past, I will say, firmly. Who Easy Reader says A. All right. Great. Question nice. number two. Boom Studios is bringing back what property uh, to comics this April? Is it A, The Expanse? B, hey, Bill, sure is a magical well you have there. Or C, William Wisher. So again, A is... So the... you're not giving two legitimate choices and then a fake choice. Now it's just one legitimate choice and two fake choices? He got tired of giving hints. Oh, okay. Easy Reader says A. Correct. A? Correct. Wow. All right, here we go. Last one. Colin Bunn's new comic out this April is a blank. Is it A, an Archie horror comic, B, thanks that was a refreshing soft drink, or C, Sean Schweppes? (laughs) 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 I mean, I would argue it's not even an answer. Easy Reader says A again. B is correct. Well done, Easy Reader. Wow, how Easy Reader got it. That's amazing. Congratulations. You have either a gift card to Midtown Comics or Long John Silver's in your future, just email us comicbookclublive at gmail.com and we will get that out to you. Pete, what? Oh my God. Uh, well, you know, I'm looking for forward to saga number 61 before anyone else says it. <laughs> Justin, you're number doing this. You're 61. doing this, Justin. I'm not doing it. I don't have this power to it's invite just people. Crowdcast has a very hackable back end. And, you know, <laughs> no, sometimes Justin. I just got to show up and uh, voice my opinions. Oh, uh, no, I know what's going on. When someone's opinions are so strong, they just break through. They you know what I mean? Through the code. Uh, uh, so what now, is the secret movie that yeah, you're exactly. referring to? You know, I, uh, I, I'm a fan of all the Columbus, but I actually don't know this one. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's you're going to kick yourself when you find out. It's the 1984 Game Changer Terminator. Whoa. Wow, that was a game changer. Yeah. Uh, Nat, thank you so much for playing. It was lovely seeing you. Yeah. <laughs> hey! What? What? He already picked He's just going to come right back in. Apparently yeah. we can't stop him. He has that power. Oh, yes. man. That was nice seeing that space. But as Maybe he... he has some sort of a genie, and he's using his wishes to get into our show. What a waste. As we all know, though, and as Nat referred to, it is new comic book life. New comic books coming out all the time. What are you looking forward to, Pete, that's coming out this week? Uh, Doctor Strange number three and Hitomi number four. That's Doctor Strange Fall Sunrise, right? That is correct. Yeah, That is a wild book, Pete. I thought for sure. Wild stuff. I thought for sure you were going to give us a little um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, I've got some things to say about that. Whoa! Interesting. That's going to be controversial. Just um, I'm going to give it. Yeah, I got two books um, that I w- I'm looking forward to. All Out Avengers number five. Oh I'm yeah, dude, enjoying this book. Um, really smart, sort of slow playing this mystery in a way that is great, and this uh, ends in a really strong place. I thought. Um, great Captain America scene. Uh, I'm assuming yeah, in the book. 
Um, and then, of course, Human Target number 11 coming out. It's oh, God, almost coming on, to a gotta, close. Just, gotta, Man, this book is you've good. Been going One nuts of the best out there. Romance, uh, spy, love, death. It's everything. It's truly everything. I'm not looking forward to you because it's already out, but Batman, One Bad Day, Catwoman, number one. That's written oh, by G. Willow Wilson, art by Jamie McKelvey. Gorgeous art, great writing. Definitely check this out. Do not miss this one. And I was also really interested to check out Inferno Girl Red, which is yet another book. Yes, the massive verse. The massive verse. Here, what still killing it. Still massive, man. Uh, so all of those books are coming out this week, and you can check them out in our Stack Podcast, which comes out Wednesday 9 a.m., both the Comic Book Club feed and in its own dedicated Stack feed. As long as I don't die first, I guess we'll see what happens. You're and looking better. You're looking better. <laughs> don't ever, Fingers don't ever crossed. Move. Fingers and crossed. And that's it for this week's show. Thank you to Matt Kidd for coming on to talk about all of his books. Don't you forget to check out Spy Superb. First issue is out oh, now yeah. from Dark Horse Comics. And Hairball coming out April, also from Dark Horse Comics. You can check out Berserker, which we mentioned from Boob Studios, among many, many other great things Berserker. that he writes. Next week, we got a packed show with a bunch of guests. We got Anish Patel is going to be here to talk about Final Nine. Jeff nice. Messer is going to be here to talk about a new book from Zoop. And Jason Inman is going to be talk here to talk about his book, Super Best Friend. So that should be super fun. Aww, if you show. want to support this show and all the shows we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. You can subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram or TikTok, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, good night. Yeah. Matt loved the coffee hat. He said it in the comments. Sit on crappy couches and they let the secrets leak. Occasionally fail at that special best week. So grab your green tailor. Don't be late for it, girls. Their girlfriends can barely tolerate it. Come and laugh. Come and laugh. Come and Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.